The performance of a glider depends almost exclusively on the lift and drag on the wings, so it's important to look at models which can be used to describe this relationship. The Ackerfliegs in Germany, associated with technical universities, have produced generations of glider designers from their engineering students. This is Ackerflieg Darmstadt. The lift and drag forces transmitted between the wings and the glider can be considerable. And because a glider needs to be assembled together, these forces have to be catered for where the wings join the fuselage. All the force has to be transmitted through these bars? Yes. And how much force is that, roughly? Um, it's, the fuselage is 200 kilograms, plus the, um, both pilots, um, it's all together 400 kilograms. What's the maximum acceleration it's designed to take? It's about 7 Gs. So that's a total force of about? It's about 28 kilonewtons. So it's very important to make these the right size? Yes, it is. It's very important. Although you put the two wings on one at a time, they aren't really two separate wings, are they? It's one big wing divided in two parts, and they are fixed together, fixed with a great big pin in the fuselage uh, in this direction. This glider is a two-seater, where the pilots sit side by side. It was, in fact, developed to have a performance specifically suited to competition flying. However, the students are using the experience they've gained from building this glider as the basis for designing and building a new version, one which will be more suited to the role of pilot training. The shape of the wings has been modified to change the performance. The new wing design has been the work of Jörg Bergner. Hello, Jörg. Hello. Oh, what are you working on here? I'm working on the mold of the lower surface of the new wing for the new glider. And how's that made? We made ribs with a special surface and now cover it with plastic sheet. When you chose the shape, what were the important considerations? Well, you see, we want to have as much lift as possible, but there's always drag in this direction and we want to keep this drag as low as possible. And how do you know how much lift and drag this shape will produce? Well, we don't know ex it exactly, but we have uh, mathematical models that help us to predict the behavior of the wing. We tried different shapes of the wing and we decided that these sections fit our demand best. And this mole is already nearly finished. The only thing that we have to do is to glue these ribs up with plastic sheet. The wing isn't straight, is it? No, it's not plain. It slopes up 
and the leading edge bends backwards in a series of straight lines. It would be better if it was an ellipse, but it is very hard to manufacture. So when the wing's finished, this will be the cross-section, but there's more to designing it than just choosing a shape. Yeah, there's a lot more. We have to find a structure that fits in this space, that takes all the forces that are generated by the wing. That involves a large spar in the middle, and additionally we need room for the controls and for water ballast and such things. The mathematical models for air passing over a wing predict how lift and drag change. You can compute the airflow as Dirk Münzner has done at the Ackerflieg Karlsruhe. The computer now has computed for every little particle the amount of velocity and now shows us in those little arrows the amount and the direction of the velocity. The yellow color means very fast moving particles. The blue ones mean very slow moving particles. The direction we see is changed from direct flow in x direction around the profile, moving up the profile in front of, moving down the profile afterwards. This means the wing will lift up. In the last third of the wing, there's a little turbulence which causes the lift to go down. And theory can be compared with physical experiments in the wind tunnel. To visualize the pattern made by the airstream better, this setup uses a heated wire to burn a steady stream of oil droplets from an overhead oil reservoir. The resulting image confirms predicted flow. And if you look behind the wing, there's an area of disturbed turbulent air which is caused by the drag. Incidentally, there's some structure evident in the turbulence. It's chaotic, although the details are beyond the scope of this unit. The fact that the drag is highly dependent on the speed of the airflow can be investigated experimentally. The relationship between drag and airspeed can be graphed. Part of the drag force increases with the square of the velocity. This is the profile drag, essentially the force resisting the motion. However, you also get a drag caused by the production of lift, which can be experimentally determined. This is called the induced drag, and for a constant lift force, it decreases as the airspeed rises. Combined together, these two sources of drag account for a large total drag force at both high and low airspeeds, with a minimum in drag somewhere in between. This change in drag is reflected in the shape of the polar curve, showing how the speed of descent relates to the airspeed of gliders, with best performance in the middle of the speed range. As well as airspeed, Another factor which influences the lift and drag over the wing is the angle of attack made by the wing to the airflow. This wing is lined up along the direction of the airflow and as such is angled near to the horizontal. Let's ignore the drag and consider just the lift. At this angle, a high airspeed is required to produce lift. 
increase the angle of attack to five degrees to the horizontal, and the wing can produce more lift. So the airspeed required to balance the glider can be lower. As the angle of attack increases further, the required airspeed decreases even more, but not indefinitely. And by 15 degrees, the amount of lift produced starts to fall very rapidly. In fact, each point on a glider's polar curve corresponds to a specific angle of attack of the wing. The right-hand end of the curve has a low angle of attack, close to zero degrees. The left-hand end is where there's a high angle of attack, around 15 degrees. The optimum angle of attack lies somewhere between 0 and 15 degrees, which is somewhere in the middle of the speed range. We can demonstrate the effect of changing to a very high angle of attack during a real flight. 